0: Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're excited that the MLB is finally back, well, Sully Baseball and I are super excited as well. We are here to talk first impressions from around the league next.
1: You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you got all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned, we're talking to Sully Baseball about our first impressions from around the league. I'll give my first impressions about the D-backs on tomorrow's pod because that will be a lot more depressing of a podcast talking about the D-backs. I went to the game on Sunday. Caleb Smith got rocked, of course. Not a fun game. At least we got the Cooper Hummel home run. So we'll talk all about First impressions from the D backs opening series against the Padres on Tuesday's pod. It will probably preview the Astro series as well. But today, first impressions from around the league with Sully Baseball next.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, baseball fans. It's Monday. And welcome to the Locked On crossover between Locked On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks. I am your co-host for today. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan, but as you can see from my lower third, please, please, I'm begging you to call me Sully. And hosting with me today is
0: Miller Thomas, at Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account on Twitter, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle.
1: That's right. And this is being dropped on the 11th day of April. Our true love gave to us a full slate of major league games. Oh, yes. We're back. No more talking about lockouts. Mm -mm. No more making predictions. No more pretending spring training games count. Uh, No more saying, why don't they sign this guy? We're talking games, talking games, talking games. We have the rights to that song because I just made it up. Hey, where it's Monday, uh, every team has played a game. (laughs) Played a few games. And we could break it down. In fact, if I'm not... Were you at a game today? I was. I got...
0: So tell us, yeah. you're the <laughs>
1: of, you and I. You're the owner's been to a ball game this year.
0: Break us down. Was it fun? So, oh, the environment was very fun. Surprisingly, Chase Field. Most of the time, it's not too crowded. Most of the time, it's a sea of the other team. But I went there today. Felt like it was more 60, 40, 65, 35 D back to Padres fans. It was a pretty full stadium. Not, you know, not maxed out or anything, but over 50% capacity, 65% capacity felt pretty full in there. environment felt pretty good, but the D backs got shellacked by the Padres today five ten uh, 10 to five. So that wasn't too fun, but it was great to be back at a ballpark for the first uh, series of the year.
1: Now, let's just say one thing about, because we're going to, people say we spend way too much time that we clearly have an Arizona bias as all the media does but mm-hmm. uh let's just be Too okay much time. it was not a uh, it wasn't a great weekend for the Arizona Diamondbacks um but yeah. it was an interesting weekend in that it seemed like everybody wanted to know hit the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend yeah and um they managed to they managed to pull off a win in a game where there were being no hit into like the seventh inning. It, uh, the season started off with a bang. It started no, actually, it didn't start off with a bang, it started off with a beer.
0: Yeah, it started off with a Seth beer. That was the only fun moment of this whole series was that walk-off win on Thursday. Because if that doesn't happen, we probably should have been swept this series with getting no hit in almost half the games. No, the offense was pretty much non-existent in every game, and the Padres pitchers looked dominant against this d backs lineup. So thankfully we got that Seth beer walk-off. Otherwise, this whole weekend would have been a wash.
1: You know when Mania threw the seven no hit, uh, Darvish threw six no hit innings in the first game. Then Minaya threw seven no hit in the second game, and uh, San Diego held on to win that. And I was over at I I was visiting some friends, and we were checking our phones to see is it is it going to be a no hitter? It's going to be a no hitter. And then when I saw that the Padres won the game, all I could think of was, well, Padres avoided a sweep.
0: Yeah, Uh, thankfully. The only reason those guys didn't get a no hitter is because it was their first start of the season. So they had to be taken out the game and they weren't able to pitch longer. So if I, I don't know about Darvish because that guy, he only threw like 50% strikes. He was like 51 of 90 pitches or strikes. But Manaya seemed pretty locked in. So I think yeah. Manaya had the full leash. I think he would have, <laughs> he might have thrown a no hitter that night.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was look at, uh, there were a lot of people wondering what kind of team the Potters are going to be this year, especially, you know, losing Tatis. Um, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this to be mean, but a really nice way to start your year is to start against a team like Arizona. It's kind of like Tampa mm-hmm. Bay starting the season off with Baltimore. Um, today, uh, or we're recording this on Sunday. On Sunday, Tampa Bay did indeed finish their sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. The final score was uh, 8 nothing. Now, an interesting thing is when you forfeit a game, it's officially labeled as a nine-nothing loss, and what this means is, if the Rays scored one more run, then officially the Orioles just made shouldn't even bother showing up. It would have been the exact same result if they just stayed at home or stayed in the hotel room and just ordered in room service. Um, it was Wander uh, Franco <laughs> had a, had another day, getting three hits. Uh, Lau is it Lau or Low? I always get confused. Uh, he went up, he yeah, went, I think two, it's two Brandon
0: homer.
1: low. Yeah. Brandon low. Uh, the interesting thing about the, cause obviously you had a shortened spring training. So no, one's going to go more. Than, I mean, Mania going to seven innings against Arizona on that was Saturday night. Right. And it was on Saturday. Yeah. It was either. No, it was Friday night. It was Friday. That's right. It's right. I'm sorry. Confused. I got a little confused there. Um, so that's amazing. probably the longest a pitcher going to go is seven. And that's going to be a remarkable situation. And and he was moving
0: efficiently. So he yeah, there.
1: yeah, he was. No, it, there was, there was. He was pitching a great ball game uh, today. You know who the starting pitcher was for Tampa Bay against Baltimore?
0: Who it was, was it? I don't Corey
1: know. Corey Kluber? Oh, was the no it? Hitter, who threw the no hitter for the Yankees last year? <laughs> two times, Yankees. two times Cy Young Award winner. Uh, if one of those Indians players hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth to clinch the World Series. Kluber probably would have been the World Series MVP, even though he got torched in Game Seven. He won the other two starts, and they they had to rest, they had to to ride him like a rented car because they lost Carrasco and and Danny Salazar just before the playoffs. But yeah, he had some injuries. He pitched effectively last year before getting injured again with New York. The Rays got him for a song, and if they get a decent season out of Corey Kluber. Getting a two-time Cy Young Award winner and finding ways like, you no, we're not going to use you. We're not going to use you like a workhorse. We had five or six innings out of you. Um, you know, he pitched a shutout into the fifth. You know, they lifted him after four and two thirds innings. But if Kluber is okay and stays relatively healthy, what a pickup that could be for the Rays. It just shows you exactly this: what the team is—they just fill in the holes with, with either veterans you thought were retired or guys you've never heard of who wound up pitching, you know, solid.
0: Yeah, that would be a huge swing player for them. I didn't think their rotation was super strong coming into the year. They still got McClendon and probably Shane Baz as well. Hopefully Kluber could kind of be a bridge because is the glass now still expected to come back maybe at some point this year? So if he does, I don't know. We'll see if he comes back in the second half of the season. So maybe Kluber could just hold on until Glass now comes, comes back in the season. But from the Orioles perspective, I know their main guy, Cedric Mullins, has been struggling a little bit to start the year. I think he had like seven strikeouts and like 11 at-bats this weekend. So not too good of a start from him. But if you're if you're Tampa Bay, like you said, it's kind of like the San Diego Padres situation, where you get a pretty easy opponent to start the year. And another team that was kind of like that this past weekend was the New York Mets opening up against the Washington Nationals. And I thought they had a pretty nice opening series with all their new additions, really paving the way for them today. Or yeah, this in fact, weekend. it
1: was a slightly mismanaged eighth inning by Showalter that allowed the uh, Nationals to score three runs in the bottom of the eighth and salvage a single game. From the series, he he brought in Williams to relieve. And you know, at this point, you, you can kind of understand their points where you're like, you want to see what a team can get done. That's my son making a quick cameo on the podcast in the background. Oh, Say hey Maddie. Oh. Um, but it was uh you know, the the Nats were able to squeeze a game out of that, but uh other than that, a lot of things went right for the bets, a lot of a lot of good pitching. Some timely hitting, a grand slam by Pete Alonso. Yeah, some things and, went wrong.
0: A couple of things went well, wrong. Well, yeah, goes. let's go. Yeah. That's what
1: I was. I was leading up to. But uh, all anyone wants to talk about is a certain hit by pitch mm-hmm. to uh, Francisco Lindor. Um, and Lindor, by the way, uh, homered today. So he's back in the lineup. He homered today. So okay, uh, I didn't uh, even see that. Yeah, uh, I whatever I see, anyone go down to it. Uh, this is much more for me for basketball than for baseball. But I still have that same thing that when uh, I see an injury or someone go down, my initial thought is, oh, my God, their career's over. Yeah, they're done for this season. That's it. And uh, so, um, anyway, so talk talk us a little bit through reviewing uh, the uh, Lindor gate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it because the day before, like, uh, Pete Alonso, he got like hit in the face as well. So, mm-hmm. um, he was able to stay in the game. I think they might have taken him out. I'm not even, I don't even really remember, but nothing really spiraled out of that. But then, see back to back days where another one of your star players gets hit in the face. Now, bench is clear. We get the emotions going a little bit. thankfully, Lindor's okay. They did the x rays, they did the concussion test. He was okay. But that, yeah, that Pete Alonso grand slam, like you said, he had that sweet little bat flip where he spun the bat around, threw it in the air. That was a crazy moment. Their new additions have been crazy. I think Escobar, Canna, Starling, Marte, I think they have 13 hits combined so far to start the year. Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett are, have like combined 14 strikeouts to start the year. So, you look at all the new additions for the Mets, they have started the season hot, they have started the season on fire. Of course, like the other two teams we've talked about, they had a pretty easy opponent in the Nationals to start the year, but either way, if you're an NLEs fan, if you're a Mets fan, you're pretty happy to see this opening uh, opening series against the Nationals go the way that did.
1: Well, look, at. I think, I think we can all agree that it's a surefire bet that a team like the Orioles or a team like your Diamondbacks may not be big-time contenders later in the year, where we've seen some of these teams contending all year long. If you're going to make any bets, go to bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. BetOnline.net is where you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more of the trends and actions. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospect should be your, well, it should be your third listen because Locked On Diamondbacks should be your second listen. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the Major League Baseball Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about the team that I picked to go to the World Series from the American League. They had a oh, very, yeah. very strange first few games. Oh, um, yeah. My pick to win the Cy Young Award, Jose Barrios couldn't get out of the first. It was a 7 nothing hole that the Blue Jays fell into against Texas. And then the Bats woke up. And they wound up winning a blowout, weird, not a blowout, but a wild uh, slugfest. And then yesterday, you had another not exactly well pitched game. You know, the the Jays took an early lead, and then the Rangers had a big rally. Jays wound up holding on. Today, Toronto jumped ahead to a seven to one lead, and then wound up losing the game. Or I'm sorry, six to one lead, and then wound up losing the game twelve to six. As the Rangers bats just absolutely uh they went they went bananas. Um, you know, the big uh, Heim is the was the big star for Texas. Um, obviously it's early. Ryu did not look good today. The no, Rios did no. not look good today, but they wound up winning the series. And this is one of the reasons why I think when you see a team really pitch as badly as you possibly can and still take two out of three for the series. That's why I'm seeing positive things to happen to Toronto, that this turned into a net positive for them, even though they got horrible performances from their number one and two starters.
0: And that's because their lineup is freaking stacked. Even though you had their former all-star on the other side, and Marcus Simeon, who had a pretty good series yeah. himself, you're still stacked with Vlad Guerrero Jr., who hit his first bomb of the season today. And, and Bo Bichette, I mean, that dude is coming on. That dude is ready to be a superstar shortstop in Major League Baseball, if he's not already. Teoscar Hernandez is one of the most underrated players of baseball as an outfielder. And he, he had an the huge
1: home season. run. Teoscar hit the huge home run in the opening day comeback. He hit the home run that tied the game. Uh, when they were the when it was like, wow, are, there, are the Blue Jays coming back? And then he cranks yeah. the three run home run and they tied the game. So,
0: yeah, I'll uh, start from him last year. Like, he's just kind of the forgotten guy. When we talk about this Blue Jays lineup of boppers, like, I feel like he kind of gets, you know, overlooked and he, he's just as good as any of them. So, You talk about that rotation, Barrios hasn't been good. Ryu, I mean, I have him on my fancy team. I'm going to really have to consider dropping him or not because I'm not too sure. I think Rios could be in the decline after what we saw last year, after what we saw today. I'm not too confident in him, but you still got Manoa. You still got Kevin Gosman, who had a great start as well. So from the Rangers, you already knew this was not going to be your season. You knew you are just spending money this offseason going up the middle, and you know your time is in a couple years. So you're not too mad to lose to the Blue Jays, but we knew the Blue Jays were going to be the most fun team in baseball entering the season, and so far through one season series they're living up to our expectations on that front
1: by the way i want to also bring up another uh the the guardians we all knew the guardians were going to be able to pitch mm-hmm. and they had yet another day the other day where they they lost in extra innings and i'm not going to get into my hatred of the runner on second rule which i okay. i hate with a passion of a thousand sons and to me it ruined what was a very entertaining game between kansas city and cleveland which was a one nothing game Uh, in extra innings. Bobby Wood Jr. So far is living up to the hype, but I love it when it's like the first game, the guardians had a well-pitched game, but they only scored like one or two runs. The next game they get shut out and they had another well, wonderfully pitched game in game two. They wasted the Bieber start. They wasted the police act start. They just can't score a run. They can't get anything together. And then today they hand, who did they hand the ball to today? The uh, Quantrill, they handed the ball to Quantrill and the offense said, why don't we wake up? And they scored 17 runs.
0: Yeah, because and their if- offense, yeah, basically, statistically, has been just as bad as the D-backs offense so far through the first week in the series. And like you said, I think if you looked at the, uh, or I think the Twins offense has just been as bad as the D-backs offense.
1: The Twins scored 10 today, too, so it's like they yeah. woke up as well. But you know who I'm getting to on the with the Guardians?
0: Oh, who are you getting to? The
1: greatest Cleveland Guardian of all time. Okay. 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 Three, ga- three games in, Stephen Kwan. Oh. Stephen Kwan, who is now batting 800, today went 5-for-5, five five, went into did it today going 3-for-5. So he is now 8-for-10 as a major leaguer in his first three games. Also leads the league in walks, and today his line was he went five for five, uh, with a double, four, four runs five. scored, and sparking that offense. And he is having an. I mean, look at. I'm going to go on a limb, and I think he will eventually slow down. Yeah, but someone picked up Stephen Kwan on their fantasy team a couple of days ago on a flyer and is paying off. I love when stuff like this happens. I call it Tuffy Rhodes syndrome, which was I don't know if you know who Tuffy Rhodes is, but Opening Day there. Opening Day 1994, Tuffy Rhodes was a completely unknown backup outfielder who hit 3 home runs on opening day for the Cubs. And everyone said, "Oh my god, we are now living in the Tuffy Rhodes millennium." And he was designated for assignment shortly after that because he had uh. that one great game, but because it happened on opening day, it was magnified. Uh, look it, I have no clue what Stephen Kwan is going to do. Stephen Kwan, who is from uh, Los Gatos, California, and went to Oregon State University, home of the Beavers. Um, he just has had a he, I love stories like this, and you know they you know up and down the lineup, I and mean, Rosario went four for five and. Jose Ramirez, Ramirez, Ramirez Mercado hit a grand slam. Ramirez homers. Like everything went wrong for the Royals pitching staff today. Um, but I love stories like Quan because look okay, at by the end of the year, he's probably going to have like he, he'll probably have an OPS of the six hundreds and maybe sent back to the minor leagues. I don't know, but when it happens this early in the year, and it becomes magnified. You know, it, it's 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 a wonderful wonderful feel good part. Yeah, the thing that I find interesting is that the Indians have a one and two record with a positive 11 run differential because of the blowout today. I love when yeah. things like that happen.
0: I think they're the. I think they're leading baseball in scoring now after today's game of 17 runs scored because I think they were like bottom three entering today and now they're mm-hmm. number one in runs scored. So yeah, it is pretty interesting to see. I mean, we've talked about this Indian. Not I. I think we kept saying Indians. Talked about this Guardians. Yeah, I think we said Indians like three times. Talked about yeah. this Guardians team on a couple of pods entering the season. We said we like their rotation. We think they got starters, but I was not a huge fan of their lineup when we saw that the first three games where they were having great pitching performances but couldn't hit. But today they came through. But I was surprised to see that their star player player in that lineup, uh, Jose Ramirez, got that contract extension because I thought he was going to be a guy that got traded. He's, you know, in his mid 30s. He's a beast. He's still one of the best players of baseball. But that Guardians team does not seem to be going anywhere in the near future. So were you surprised to see Jose Ramirez get that extension?
1: No, I wasn't for this reason. Um, I, I could know. To be honest, I wasn't I was surprised, but I understand it. Um, the reason I, the reason I was surprised is I just thought that they were getting so cheap. Um, I mean when when you're bringing up the Orioles and the Pirates as the teams that you're right alongside with in terms of your payroll, like I, I don't get too mad at the Orioles and Pirates now because they know they're not going anywhere and they're trying to build for something. Uh, I get mad at Cleveland because they have a really good pitching staff. They have a pitching staff that could be a contender in the American League because there is a lot of parity in the American League. And there is – you and I talked about this on the show, Mm -hmm. that the White Sox are heads and shoulders the favorite to win the Central, but not because they're a 100-win team. It's because they seem to be the only team that's trying. The Central is bad. (laughs) The Central is bad. And all it takes is a slump for the White Sox to suddenly make this division winnable. And when you have the police sacks, the Cal uh, Quantrals, the, um, the, the, the Beavers, Beavers, the people who are – and they had a good bullpen last year too. If they had class, If they had an – okay, yeah, exactly. If they had a mediocre offense, they'd be an 85-86 win team, which might be enough to be a wild card team. And so maybe they thought, hey, look, it, we're already a low-budget team why don't we keep at least someone around that's a major league hitter? And if we have the Rosarios and everyone that we're trying to build this team around, maybe you can have a shot, you know? And so, and, and, and maybe throw our fans a bone because in the end they want to sell a few hot dogs and foam. We're number one fingers at the ballpark, you know? So I I mean, look at, I, I, I'm, I think that it it made sense. I'm just surprised that they did it. It's the same reason I'm surprised that, uh, Uh, Hayes got resigned by Pittsburgh, but at the same time, they're trying to do the whole, Hey, we're going to buy out your prime. We'll pay more for you now. And it may be super team fronting down the line, or you could get hurt or be a bust. And so they're taking that risk that you'll be a millionaire. Now you could be a multimillionaire later, but you're, it's basically playing deal or no deal. You know, they, he just, he picked the suitcase that made him a millionaire now.
0: Yeah, if I, I was more surprised from Cam uh Hayes's standpoint, just because he's so young, and if he does pop, like that is going to be one of the best bargains in baseball. If he's really a, a legit star player, if he's a legit All Star player, it was like eight years, seventy million for a guy of that guy's talent. If you think he's really going to pop, that is nothing for what the Pirates are paying. Him.
1: I, you know, but I think here's let me from his point of view because you and I have. Well, okay, I can only speak to me. I've never <laughs> been in a situation where someone offered me seventy million tomatoes, so there is that sense of we have seen players who were supposed to be the great ones yeah you know we have seen players who were can't miss prospects who miss badly miss horribly jesus montero anyone who was talked about as the next miguel cabrera who by the way miguel cabrera is creeping up creeping up to 3000 hits yeah uh so if he looked up and said hey look at i know I may regret this later, but I also know I would regret it if I get hurt.
0: Like and, here's a, hy- I got a hypothetical for you. Like I know you lot, you watch a lot of Red Sox games. Like if after Benintendi's rookie season, if they gave him like an eight year, seventy million dollar extension, you would have felt like, yo, this dude is a legit. He's killed his way through the minor leagues, had a great rookie season, and giving him an extension like that is going to be a huge bargain for a guy who's going to be a cornerstone player for your franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that happens. That happens all the time. And, you know, that happens where, you know, you have, I mean, there are players who are number one picks, top prospects. And, I mean, uh, like, Will Myers actually has had a couple of nice seasons. Mm -hmm. But when he was traded from Kansas City to Tampa Bay for James Shields and Wade Davis, two established major league pitchers, there are people calling Kansas City idiots because you're giving up a potential Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I and remember. Will Myers. I remember you couldn't even give up like John Lester wasn't worth enough of a Will Myers because Will yeah. Myers had more value than like John Lester still in his prime. And remember who uh, Lester was dealt for? UNS Cespedes, who yeah.
1: a couple. Imagine if you had signed Cespedes, especially after the twenty fifteen year he had with the Mets. I mean, players can flame out.
0: Yeah, and it seems and, like a trend that we're getting more and more often because we saw Wander Franco recently. We've seen Fernando Tatis recently. Like all these guys are signing their deals basically after their rookie season, if not, you know, their second year in baseball, whatever. So they're, they're, these teams are trying to lock down these players if they think they're going to be a star in their future.
1: I also think we're not taking it from the player's point of view. You may have a tremendous amount of anxiety of I better not get hurt. I better not get hurt. I better not get mm-hmm. hurt. And also where am I going to be? Where am I going to be in a few years? You know, you remove those anxieties. The team buys out their prime and now they have
0: a relaxed superstar. Yeah. Or you, you know. got someone like Fernando Tatis who's like, I got the money. Let me I go. I got the money. The I motorcycle. bought a motorcycle. <laughs> 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 so that could be the downside again.
1: Yeah. Like it, really. but, and he bought that motorcycle. Do you know what he should have done. What should he should he have, have bought done? some milk bars. You know, oh. look at milk bars. They're the oh. best tasting protein bars ever. And they've helped me keep, my New Year's resolutions. As we are now in mid-April, still talking about New Year's resolutions. Hey, because you got things like the puffs. Have you tried the puffs? No, I have. have you tried? The, could I know? I asked you this last week. But I couldn't remember your answer. Have you tried the puffs?
0: I have. They're delicious marshmallow. Oh, mm.
1: oh, yeah, marshmallow, but protein infused marshmallow. Then it's they're great. They're covering one hundred percent real chocolate. Great flavors like yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. I had to make them all rhyme. They're so good. I don't know you know, you'd be great flavors. All the bars are covered with 100% real chocolate, but they're better for you than a candy bar. That's right. They're going out on a limb and saying they're more nutritious than a candy bar. But these have like 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a Snickers. Don't bother. Nowhere near. But they taste great. What's your favorite flavor, man? I love cookies
0: and cream. Anything that's related to Oreo, I absolutely love. It. Oh,
1: yeah, I love it. It's great. I, I love the raspberry because I love the tangy kind of raspberry along Ooh. with the chocolate. It's great. But if you like mint brownie, coconut almond, it's so, so many great flavors. And what they do is they're always coming out with great flavors. And what All they the do, their their first thought is, how do we make this taste good? They're not like saying, let's cover broccoli with chocolate. They no. say, they get together. I say, man, I don't know why they sound like chonks, but <laughs> like, like
0: stoners. <laughs> yeah. What if hey, we
1: man. What, man, what if we get caramel with this and say that sounds great? Well, let's make it taste great first, then we'll make it healthy. And they pull it off every time. I don't know how they do it. I don't even care. It's like when I watch uh, if I watch uh, a big superhero film, I don't want to know how they got Spider-Man to fly and with his <laughs> web and everything like that. I just want to enjoy it. That's me with the built bars. That somehow made sense in my head. So does going to built.com and using promo code lock15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, you follow the National League West closely. And look at going into this season, there was one thing we knew, and that is the team to beat are the Colorado Rockies. Oh, yeah. And they showed that by winning two out of three to the lowly Los Angeles Dodgers who are just basically playing out the string at this point. Uh, Chris Bryant's been vindicated. This is going to be Rocktober. And uh, your thoughts on whether or not the Rockies can, can repeat as World Series champions in 2023?
0: I don't care what Paul Holden says or what this first series happened, what happened in this first series. The Rockies are not going anywhere, and I still contend the D-backs are going to finish with more wins than the Colorado Rockies. We'll see, but the Dodgers did not start off the year right. They started off kind of slow. Gavin Lux looked pretty good at the plate so far during their opening uh, portion of this MLB season, but Colorado Chris Bryant, he's looks pretty good so far in a Colorado uniform. He's going to be great up there at Coors Field. His offensive numbers are probably going to be pretty good for the first three years of that contract, but out that second half of that deal because i think the back half of that contract rockies fans are going to be praying and hoping that they trade chris bryant so we'll see but so far so good for rockies fans you beat the dodgers you should feel good you're ahead of the d-backs in the standings you're probably pretty close uh you know probably pretty close to the top of the standing so far in the early portion of the season so rocky fans you should rejoice but don't worry it won't last for long by the
1: way let's have our feel good story to hunter green Oh, made yeah. his uh big league debut after toiling in the minor leagues all those years, won his game today against the defending World Series champion Braves. Uh, he struck out uh he struck out seven. Uh, he did allow a, a pair of homers, but he pitched five innings, got the victory. Not that I really care about wooden losses, but it's nice to get the victory. And the Reds doubled up the uh Braves in Atlanta and wound up splitting that series. So good for Cincinnati for holding their own. Like when you when you circle the the schedule and you say, okay, the Reds, they've traded away everybody. That's gonna be a, that, you know, you and I were talking about how, like, you know, the Rays starting the season against Baltimore. Okay, that's a good way to get, you know, to build up some wins. I'm sure Atlanta fans, so we got four games against a Reds team that traded everything but the retired number of Johnny Bench. So, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be a walk in the park. And uh, yeah, they're double up six to three today, uh, and it was uh, the Reds. I love it. Yeah, you know, granted, it's early April, so let's not get too crazy. Mm. But uh, it's nice to see when a team says, oh, "You're not going to roll over us." We we're we're, we showed up to to spoil your uh, your your victory lap here.
0: Yeah, we get checks to play baseball too. We know the Reds are not going to have a lot of positives on the season but Hunter Green, the number two pick back in 2017 was hitting triple digits on the radar as well today. Mm-hmm. So he was looking electric out there. They're, they're uh, second most positive thing probably from the last couple of weeks. I know you're older guys, Sully so you might not be on TikTok but Joey Votto has been a social media star the last couple of weeks. He's been posting videos he's been doing duets on TikTok. So if you don't have TikTok Sully, go check it out because One of the most endearing things about the Cincinnati Reds, and it's probably one of the only things to follow with them throughout the rest of the season.
1: Well, I look at—I'm a huge Joey Gallo fan. I think he's every—I, I I just think he's funny. I think we the baseball should be promoting him all they can. If you have him on TikTok, great. Uh, A couple of the stars around there. Suzuki got a home run the other day for for the Cubbies. Uh, Byron Buxton homered a couple of times. Uh, It's nice to see that uh, Buxton is. you know, is, is fulfilling that promise because he's one of these super fun players. Uh, Minnesota, my one thing, look, if they wound up losing that series to Seattle. Robbie Ray looked great. Ty France got some huge hits in their come-from-behind victory the mm-hmm. other day. Minnesota, I just ask you this one thing, okay? I don't ask a lot. Wear the red uniforms with the TC on it at home in your red hats. I love those uniforms. I think they look great. Uh, but get red helmets, too. When you wear red hats, red helmets. That's all I'm asking. I don't ask for a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, as we're recording this, the Red Sox and the Yankees are playing each other. It's 4-3 to three Boston right now, so they're going to lose 5-4. to But
0: <laughs> yeah. a lot of Red win Sox win.
1: fans win. have been criticizing the bullpen, and mm-hmm. Cora went – one batter too long with uh, um, Whitlock in the opener allowed LeMayhew to homer, and then they had the bogus uh, runner on second victory the Yankees did on the Josh Donaldson single. And that's a really exciting way to win a game with a leadoff hit up the middle and a game. That's really, that's going to get the kids really <laughs> interested in baseball. Um, but a lot of Red Sox fans were trashing the bullpen. Um, the bullpen actually pitched pretty well. The first couple of games. They had to throw a lot of innings and they pitched pretty dang well. The Red Sox's biggest problem is they didn't get the knockout punch in any of the games. They even in the game that's being played right now, they get up to an early lead. They got a bunch of innings, we got a few runners on base, and they haven't had that big sort of five, six run rally to put the Yankees on their heels. And it's that those are the kind of losses. And more so than when the bullpen blows the game going like you could have made this a blowout earlier and you know not get it's it's odd that not getting the big hit is the thing that hamstrings the Red Sox. but in some way, that was a microcosm of last year where they either could score at will or they couldn't get the big hit. so we're seeing yeah. a little bit of the same thing happening today.
0: Yeah, fun fact. There's only two teams currently in baseball without a win. One is the Baltimore Orioles. The other is the Boston Red Sox. So by the time this podcast comes out, maybe the Red Sox have their first win of the season. But yeah, their offense is just kind of slow right now. But I'm not really too worried about it because once Dever starts getting hot as the season starts warming up, Xander Bogarts, J.D., Trevor Story's not even out there today. He's out with like flu-like symptoms. So these games are going to be close. It's the Red Sox Yankees. It's a rivalry. They know each other really well. So I'm not surprised that it's going late in, you know, each game has been, um, you need a clutch hit late in these games. And the Yankees have been the team to pull it out. The Red Sox have not been the team to pull it out so far late in these games. So it, it just got in the Yankees way. I'm not really making too much out of it because I think we've talked a lot before about how the Yankees and Red Sox kind of have a lot of similarities and parallels. So I think these two teams are going to be pretty close in the standings for most of the season. But you brought up the twins before their offense has been terrible. But like you said, Byron Buxton leads the American League, or I think Major League Baseball and home run so far with three. His athleticism, his his quick twitch. I saw Arm Lane tweet this out. He has combined it and put it all together finally. He looks like the real deal. So even though their offense has been terrible and basically been like the D-backs offense, Byron Buxton has been a man among boys, I guess, is the cliche they say.
1: And they're in the central with the White Sox. I just want to bring up one last thing about the game on Sunday. Uh, The White Sox blew a lead late in the ninth inning, let the Tigers walk off on opening day they tied the series with a victory the other day and then this was one of those all right we're done messing around and they blew the doors off the dump in Comerica Park with a 10 to 1 victory and Vaughn uh is hit his second home run he's off to a dynamite start Anderson came back he had a great game Abreu is still a monster yeah. uh, he had he had another double today drove in a pair of runs Vaughn drove in four runs hit the home run it's as i said a second home run uh, it was a three-run shot that he got. Uh, the White Sox, you know, if they, they have the bats. They certainly have the arms, I think. And, you know, first weekend in, it's fun. we got real games to talk about. So
0: Yeah, and maybe a quick shout-out to former White Sox Carlos Rondon because he went off in his first start for the San Francisco Giants. Yes, he did. And he had like 12 or 13 strikeouts in like five innings. So he went crazy for the Giants in his debut.
1: All right. Well, hey. Well, look, at this is, this is fun to do a Monday talking about actual games instead of saying, what are we going to talk about? I don't know, maybe uh, hot dogs or something like that, or maybe we'll talk about labor negotiations. No, we're talking baseball, and you and I are going to be doing this every Monday until the year 2061. Okay, we, that, yeah. we, okay. we signed the Wander Franco Wander contract, contract there. Hey, Millard, where can people
0: follow you? Hey, Sully. Follow me at Twitter or on Twitter at Creator Thomas Twenty Four for my personal account, or look up Locked On Down Boxable Twitter and Instagram for the podcast channel.
1: You could follow me. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball co- Podcast, not Codcast. That's my that's my special show where I talk about eating fish in Massachusetts. Ooh. The Codcast. Knock but Sully Baseball Pods. It's late. We're recording this late on Thursday on Sunday. And your pal Sully's running out of gas. I should have myself a built bar. Uh follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm not on TikTok, but if I think that could be the way I could make my millions of dollars, maybe I'll give it a shot. Talking about the first weekend of the series season. Not trying not to make too big a deal out of it. But you know what? These games still count. This has been the lockdown crossover with Locked on Diamondbacks, Miller Thomas, Locked on MLB. Let's do our fist bump. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to Sully Baseball for always doing these crossovers with me. Monday's with Millard. As always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll do first impressions from the D-backs home opening series. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.